on episode 22 of the EdTech Pod Squad. The Pod Squad brings the holiday season to EdTech by celebrating the 12 days of Techmas. Welcome to the EdTech Pod Squad, a monthly show where five Missouri EdTech leaders talk, share, and reflect on their own teaching and learning. The conversation with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and me, JP Presvento, starts right now. Happy holidays and welcome to episode 22 of the Ed Tech Pod Squad. We're all hanging out here on a snowy Tuesday morning, still bringing an episode to you. And let's go ahead and see who all is in the room today. I am JP Presavento from the Fox School District. You can connect with me on social media at JP Prez. I'm Aaron Lawson uh, from the Orchard Farm School District, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron underscore Lawson3. I am Samantha Hardesty Knoll, and you can find me on Twitter at Tech Knoll. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm Josh. I don't know. I just waved. Sorry. Hey, everybody. It's me, Josh, and uh, I am the tech, uh, instructional technology coach in the Fulton Public School District, and uh, you can catch me on the Twitters at Josh C. Howard. And hello. My name is Jonathan Lee. I am an instructional specialist for METC. Glad to be back for another month with the squad. Sorry I missed last month. Your presence was absolutely missed, Jonathan. Nobody mentioned Microsoft, and we really kind of the listeners felt a void. Oh, I, I, I listened to it. Don't worry. I heard you guys are quite funny. I, I got a couple <laughs> chuckles out of it. <laughs> Good. I, I don't remember what was funny, but I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you. You caught it. <laughs> So we have a very exciting episode for you guys today. We're going to break from our normal format a little bit. Um, since it is the holiday season, we thought we would bring you all the 12 days of techness. So what we have going on today, we have the members of the pod squad and a couple of surprise guests who are going to share one of our favorite tech tools for you to use. Um, as I'm kind of looking down the list here, you know, they all have our, most of them have our favorite F word, which is free. So we can use these things without spending any cash, which is especially good around the holidays. And we're just going to kind of go around the horn and see what these 12 days of techness are all about. And hopefully you guys can find some new ed tech to use with your kids as we get a new school year going. So, before we get too far down the line, let's go ahead and get started with our first day of Techmas, and that is going to be from our very own Aaron Lawson, Stop, Think, and Breathe. All right, so on this first day of Techmas, I'm giving you Stop, Breathe, and Think. Uh, this is an app that you can download on the App Store. You can also get it on Google Play. And it's just a perfect little app to get, uh, especially now around the holidays when um, you are starting to feel very stressed out or as a teacher when you're trying to get all of your finals and grading and grades and all that kind of stuff in. So you just need to take some time to stop, breathe, and think. So basically uh, what it is, um, you can it just kind of goes through and gives you some different uh, times to just kind of stop what you're doing, um, gives you mindful breathing exercises, and then helps you walk through to kind of think and relax and broaden your perspective and just kind of think about the things that you've got going on around you and how you can just kind of pause for a moment. 
Uh, the cool thing about Stop, Breathe, Think, um, they've also got some things built in there for your kids, so you can help them as well, because some of them get really stressed out around this time. And also, the cool thing for Stop, Breathe, and Think, they it's free for teachers. And so if you go to stopbreathethink.com um, and you click on educators at the top, you can actually um, get a lifetime premium membership uh, from them. So definitely go check it out. Awesome, Aaron. That is a great, you know, that's a great first day of Techmas. That's a really, I think, timely resource for you to share, especially, you know, with all of the work around mindfulness that has been going on in many of our school districts this year. So now we are going to move it right along to the second day of Techmas. And we're going to throw it over to our very own Josh Howard, who has an exciting share for us for the second day of Techmas. Oh, yeah. On the second day of Techmas, my technology coach gave to me <laughs> audio slides. Okay. That was beautiful. <laughs> I wanted that to sound better, but uh, um, I'm going to go ahead and just roll with uh, my singing talents, okay, everybody? Um, so I want to talk about uh, – the full release of slides for, uh, I mean, audio for Google Slides just came out. So you don't have to do those uh, workarounds anymore. You can just, uh, in the insert menu in Google Slides, you have an audio button. And so presuming that you've recorded or downloaded some audio you want to use for a slides project, and it's in your Google Drive, you can just insert it that way. So I know um, in the past I use, and I've probably, sh I've shared many ways that I use Google Slides in uh, for all sorts of creative projects. So I'm really excited about this because you used to have to like insert YouTube videos or insert other videos and do all these kind of weird workarounds. So now you get just, you insert the audio, you get a button that you can click, you can use the, uh, the, the, uh, set up tools to have it automatically play. Uh, so a lot of the things that I already like to do with this, which is, you know, use, have background. <laughs> a lot of the things I already like to do this, do with this, it makes a lot easier, like use background audio, um, creating soundboards. If you insert several different uh, audio clips into a slide, it makes it a soundboard so you can play different audio clips while you're recording. So it just, it makes for a lot of, creative projects that will be so much easier to actually uh, implement without having to kind of teach kids all these weird uh, kind of sideways technology hacks just to make sound work. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting deeper into doing that with the teachers and students in my district. Awesome. That's a great share, Josh. And I wish I would have thought of the soundboard idea before we started recording so I wouldn't have 85 tabs of audio open on my That's computer cool. right now. I'm always down for some sleigh bells, man. It's good. So does everyone is um, slot audio and slides open? Everyone has that now? Yeah. Last, I, I believe at the end of last month, it, uh, so it's been a long and strange journey with audio for slides. It was announced last year. It was, I think just some sort of beta release. So some districts got it. So some people have had this for a while, but it is now officially full release. So everybody should have this in your slides. Um, assuming your school district has pushed out the newest updates for uh, Google for Education updates. But um, yeah, it should be in there. Awesome. Good stuff, guys. Um, so we're going to move on to the third day of Techmas. <laughs> 
And the third day of Techmas brings us our first guest submission. This is someone we all know, uh, Jen Walter. I like to call her the EdTech Pod Squad super fan. Um, has a little share with us about Screencastify. Hello, pod squatters. My name is Jen Walter, and I am a middle school teacher and an ed tech support specialist in the Fox School District in Missouri. I wanted to share with you my favorite tech tool, which is Screencastify, which is built right into the Google family. I love Screencastify for myself as a teacher, and it is also a wonderful assessment tool for my students that they love to use. I like using Screencastify as a teacher because I use the Flip Classroom method, which is I record short video lectures using Screencastify. I could have myself on the screen to explain something with myself on, um, you can see me in front of the board, or I can use it to do a screencast and the students can see what I'm doing on the screen. My students are able to watch short informational videos about a topic, and they can watch them as many times as they need at their own leisure. It's also really great for sub days because when there's a substitute in the room, I'm still kind of there via the Screencastify video. I also love using Screencastify with my students because my students enjoy seeing themselves on screen and they can give short summaries about something they've read or explain an experiment. One of my favorite things to do is app smash Screencastify with slides where my students have to give a short summary or they need to discuss something that they learned and then they annotate that on slides using speech bubbles, shapes, pictures, all kinds of things. You can even download your Screencastify videos into short MP4s and then they can be downloaded and exported as GIFs, which are great for explanations for little tech trips, tech tips and tricks. That's what I've got for you. Thank you so much. Hey, Jen Walter making another reference to Google Slides for our good buddy Josh Howard. I do want to point out real quick, guys, that some of the features she mentioned, like the exporting to GIF, does come behind a paywall. Um, I think it's like it's like twelve bucks a year, twenty bucks a year, something really nominal. It's um, less than twenty. Some of those features. We have many teachers who use it because of the fact that its basic version is still so good. Like I personally, I don't often advocate people to pay for those things. Screencast is worth it, but if you use the basic version, it's also worth it. Yeah, I, com I completely agree on that. I actually had a teacher just the other day ask me what's better than Screencastify and I said, unfortunately, unless you're willing to spend a whole bunch of money, there's nothing better than Screencastify. So we're gonna jump now into the fourth day of Texas. All right, so on the fourth day of Techmas, I am going to share with you the tech tool that I have gotten to know and love very much this year, and that is Canva. Canva is a graphic design tool for the graphically challenged and everyone else. This is a great resource for teachers to create things like um, so they can create syllabi, they can create posters for those clubs so that they become a little bit more attractive. On the student side, Canva is a great resource for students to create as well. Um, one of my favorite projects when I was in the classroom, I had kids create soundtracks to books and they would draw out the album art. This is something they could now create in Canva instead of hand drawing out. Um, Canva is a free resource. 
you can sign in with your Google account and take advantage of all those features for free. And it is COPA SIPA compliant for everyone who should be worried about that. Any other kind of big uses for Canva that you guys like? Did, did I just see that they came out with like a free version for educators? What I saw that too. I didn't see that. I'm going to have to check into that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Premium for EDU. Yeah. Uh, one of the ways that we use Canva, it's so simple, but the teachers absolutely love it. So I use Canva. I use their business card to create my signature for my email. And the teachers are always asking me, how did you create your signature? And it's really just a business card in Canva. Great design tool. We, uh, we use it just a ton because uh, I get – it's just a uh, personal thing that is a pet peeve of mine, but uh, I get so tired of people trying to format flyers and word documents and they just look like trash. So anytime I see somebody, some club or something uh, where they've posted a flyer and it's obviously just a word doc where they used comic sans or something, I will, I will email them the link to Canva and being like, not only will this be easier, it'll look a million times better. And so most of our clubs and uh, our office staff around our district just use Canva for all those sorts of things. It's really awesome. Absolutely. Like the templates they have available, like they may, they make it ridiculously easy, which is why I say it's the design tool for the graphically challenged. Like in my, you know, new role this year in communications, I live in Canva. The, the mobile version is pretty great too. Really great. If you just want to use it to be able to kind of, uh, format or make your, your tweets a little bit fancier. Uh, the mobile version is really easy to work with. Absolutely. So we're going to, we I, I could talk about Canva all day, um, but let's go ahead and move on to the fifth day of Texas. All right. So I stopped singing back when I was like 12. So um, we're going to dub in Josh's singing here for mine. And uh, my tool is Flipgrid, which if you have not uh, checked out Flipgrid lately, then well, now's your chance uh it's a pretty amazing tool i have been doing um a seven part series in the tech and 60 web series of um on youtube and uh, it's got so many different tools and it is completely free now that it's owned by that um one tech company i can't remember the name of it um it's google no apple no, oh, it's Microsoft. Um, What's and Microsoft? So, <laughs> it's a video collaboration tool and allows you to just create a topic and send it out to your students or staff and, or just general audience out on Twitter, and you can get uh, video and audio clips back from them. So general idea is you have grids. Those grids can be broken down into topics, and um, that's how you collect your audio and video. Um, but what a lot of folks don't realize is that there's a whole disco library, so you have the option when you create something to share it out with the world. And so there are thousands of educators around the world that are creating these topics and grids that are willing to share them with you. So um, you can go out and search for something that's related with your curriculum and go, oh, I want to use this within my own grid and class and pull it down to yours. Uh, so it's kind of cool. And another thing that I know a lot of folks don't realize because I've been talking a lot about Flipgrid in general is Grid Pals, uh, which is the modern version of Pen Pals. And so you can sign up to open your account up to uh, collaborate with somebody else around the world. And the most recent one was she was a um, Spanish teacher in high school using Flipgrid to kind of get uh, conversational 
audio clips from her students. I was like, have you checked out Grid Pals? She said, what is that? And we very quickly found an ESL teacher in Spain um, and that was willing to connect, taught ninth grade. And so she was on there immediately and started connecting with that particular teacher. As far as I know, they were going to be in collaborating and sharing videos back and forth, helping each other speak Spanish and English um, back and forth. It's really cool. Um, they have mixtapes, which allow you to basically create audio files of all the cool things your kids are doing. So you can create a mixtape for each of your students. And as they add new content throughout the year, you can throw in all of their content into a mixtape. And that way you can have it all into one file. Um, they have something new called shorts. I have not played with that yet. So, um, but it says you can create short videos to share everywhere. Um, the big thing I like is so on the web app, the web app and the iOS version of the app. When you record, you have the ability to record live. Obviously, that's kind of the point. But you can also take photos and video outside of the app, and you can bring those into your recording. So um, what makes me excited about that is thinking about um, my science class and students were in a doing an experiment and they video or take pictures of the process of the experiment at the end, they reflect and talk about the process and they can bring in videos and pictures of all the whole thing from before um, and put it into one succinct uh, video reflection. So it's pretty cool about that. And then I want to connect this to day two, Josh's audio and slides. You can download all the videos to your drive, and then you can pull out the audio for that and add it to a slide if you want to create a mixtape or a mixed soundboard or whatever you want to do from that too. So a lot of cool tools to use within Flipgrid. Check it out. Awesome. That's a good one, Jonathan. I do have one question for you, though. Um, what does their Windows phone app look like? <laughs> <laughs> when when you get like, it on your Zoom? <laughs> it's a good question, JP. Good question. It's coming back out though. I heard they're coming up with the new flip phone, so you watch out. I mean, I won't switch from a Pixel, but um, you never know. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So we're now going to head on in to the sixth day of Technus. And the sixth day of Technist will bring our second guest contribution. This is Andy Wall, from innovation teacher from the Orchard Farm School District. Andy Wall at Orchard Farm School District. I'm the innovations teacher at Discovery Elementary. I would say that my favorite tech tool is a 3D printer. There's a lot of reasons why, but aside from students learning how to model and, and create things and solve problems, you can use it to print off models that engage and um, get other get kids involved in whatever lesson you are doing. I'll go into Andy's classroom and I think he has maybe three, three 3D printers up against one wall. I think there's another one in the back corner. I mean, those things are always buzzing every single time I go in there, just knocking out whatever projects that these kids have going and it's just, it's the coolest thing. So I could definitely see why his favorite tech tool is the 3D printer. I have a couple of 3D printers and it's def uh, I totally get it. It's one of those things where the technology seems really inaccessible until somebody kind of just shows you how to do it. Andy's actually somebody that got me into 3D printing, but um, the modelers are easy. Uh, I've, I've even done a uh, presentation where 
you can use Google Slides to do 3D design um, by saving as an SVG. That's a thing for another time, but um, it is really accessible. It's really easy, and kids kind of freak out once they see that they can make something on a screen and then turn it into a thing in real life. It's very cool. So let's go ahead and take ourselves down to the seventh day of Techmas with our very own Sam Hardesty Knowles. So the tech tool that I want to share with you um, is not necessarily a new one, but I know with our students just increasingly having um, digital pieces of information that they have to comb through, uh, I wanted to point out the extension called Scribble. And Scribble's extension, um, its intention is for students to be able to annotate and to be able to bookmark, to be able to save um, site sources, manager, manage their sources, and share online articles. So um, on Scrib, if you go to the Chrome Web Store, you can add the Scribble toolbar from the Chrome Web Store. Um, and once you've added that Scribble toolbar, it'll be up in your extensions. Now, I will mention that Scribble is intended for our audience that is 13 and above, so it's good for our secondary students and teachers. Um, but, but once you have the toolbar, what's nice is students have tools like just a regular highlighting tool, and they can use different colors of highlighting, but then they can also comment on their highlights. So as they're going through a resource and they find something interesting or it it's going to help them answer a question that the teacher might have, uh, they can go ahead and put the comment in there. Two more things that I really liked about Scribble is that once they create these annotations, they can also share that. So they can share their annotations with their teacher. So if their teacher assigns a digital article that they'd like them to read, they can get a permalink, what they call a permalink, and they can send that permalink back to the teacher. And then the teacher can actually see their thinking, see their highlights and their comments that they've made um, on that digital resource. And then what I really like is that it creates a library. So the students have a library of all the articles that they've read and the things that they've annotated on those different articles um, so that they can go back to the article without much, you know, not having to dig too much. That's the problem I always have is that I've read an article and then to go back and find it always becomes kind of a challenge. But it saves it in a library so that they can come back and access that article and they can see um, their highlights and their comments that they've made using Scribble. So just a really simple tool, but definitely great since um, all of us are digesting a lot more digitally these days. I think that's a great one, Sam. You know, a thing that we talk about uh, in my district a lot is how we get kids to do those annotations on digital reading and tools like this are so incredibly important to give our kids an opportunity to interact with that text. That's good stuff. Yeah, it just gives them another way to do their note taking. I mean, some students feel more comfortable taking notes in a notebook or sketch noting something, but some people like to be able to use their tools that they have right there and be able to digitally note take as well. I never uh, heard of this before, but I'm looking at it right now and I'm, I'm so, uh, we just need to, I feel like this is a great tool to do digital annotation because it's it's something that's definitely lost in the translation that we have kids who are marking up text and I remember when I 
first started teaching language arts and one of the things we always had kids do was like stick and post-it notes in a book when they were reading it on articles highlighting stuff not being afraid to like write on the text where the words is and the more and more we get into using screens for academic reading the less opportunity we give students to actually annotate so something like this is a great tool thanks for sharing sam all right so we are going to move on to the seventh day of techmas and we are going to head back for that Aaron Lawson. All right, so last week I got to go to the Learning Forward Conference. It was the national conference uh, here in St. Louis. And can you hear me okay? Sorry, my microphone's all messed up. Um, and basically, I one, in one of the presentations, I learned about uh, shareyourlearning.org. Now, I haven't, I haven't really gotten to play too much with this, but I just felt like it was really important to put this out here because um, a lot of teachers might be interested in this and they could check, check it out for second semester. So basically, um, you can go in here and you can take a, a pledge to, um, it's like a national movement basically to transfer form schools and it's a hashtag share your learning and it's just this pledge to have all of your students share their learning with an audience this year and so you just kind of take the pledge and say yep I'm going to do that I'm going to figure out a way to have my students share their learning with a, with a bigger audience and so if you go there you can see that on the first on the first page you can sign in um, sign up for the pledge and things like that and then um, there's all sorts of uh, resources and a toolkit to um, help you either if you're wanting to do some sort of a student exhibition if you're wanting to do a student-led conference or if you're wanting to do some sort of presentation of learning and so you can kind of pick one of those of what you want to do with your students uh, take the pledge and then there's all these different resources and the toolkit and um, like community pieces you can connect with other classrooms just things like that um, to give to empower your students um, to have agency over their learning I think that's absolutely amazing and you know one thing we talk a lot about is when we do this learning how do we share it out who are we sharing it with and what's the right audience for that um, I think that's an awesome resource and I am awesomely incredibly jealous that you got to go to that national learning forward conference last week Aaron and I had some major FOMO from everyone who was there it was really great it was a great conference and I think the next one is in Chicago so um, hopefully a lot of people from st. Louis and from around this area will still be able to go next year as well awesome very exciting we're going to jump ahead now to the ninth day of Techmas with another guest contribution. So I'm going to throw it over to Taylor Tolan from Union, Missouri. Hello there. My name is Taylor Tholen. I'm an instructional technology specialist in the Union R11 School District in Union, Missouri, based out of the high school. I teach some classes there as well. And the tool or site I'm going to tell you about today is slidesgo.com, uh, spelled exactly how it sounds. It is going to be a really great resource to use to find templates for Google Slides and PowerPoint. I use Google Slides on a probably daily basis for many different things. I think probably most people listening have heard its praises and I've drank the Kool-Aid and all that. Um, but what what really sets Slides Go apart from, let's say things like Slides Carnival or Slides Mania, let's see how many times I can say slides here, is uh, just well, every, everything's so clean. They're really modern templates. Uh, at the end of them, there's just a lot of resources to help really customize things. It gives you all the hex, like the color hex codes, so you can match your fonts and graphics. Um, 
all the font names used in the templates. Um, there's hundreds of templates. It's all free. Uh, at the end of it, there's editable graphic resources, which you can kind of make bigger and um, you know ungroup and resize and recolor for your needs. And there's hundreds, if not thousands, of editable icons at the end of it too there's you know 12 slides worth here um that are you know some of them are about education process some of them are about um you know nature looking things i'm just clicking through here i mean there's just hundreds of them available that you can resize and recolor and put in there however you'd like um, about halfway down, if you go to slidesgo.com, there's a thing called Slides Go School, which has 20 or so really great lessons that are probably um, going to help you use or teach uh, how to use Google Slides or PowerPoint. Uh, really great things, even how to resize images and add animated um, graphics and things like that. So, um, you know, it's just really easy to change things up really easy to customize really easy to use and it'll you know take a boring slide presentation and make it something better and if nothing else just great ideas to see how people are you know using modern design so that's what i have for you um, go out and find slidesgo.com and you can thank me later no you'll like it uh thanks for having me all right that's a great resource from taylor i hadn't heard of that oh, one yet that's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 that's, that's some great stuff. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I I feel like I I'm always an advocate for things like that, just because I think design matters, and I think teachers should take more care in the way those kind of things look. And uh, it's just a, I mean, there's so many things like that, like you know, slides carnival. Most of us have heard of. You have things like this. Um, definitely should be taking advantage of those things, especially if you don't have time to make your stuff look good. Just you know, use the resources out there to make sure your stuff doesn't look bad. It's not about looking good. It's just about not looking bad. Hey, I like that. And now we are going to jump into the tenth day of Techmas. And throw it back over to Sam Hardesino. Awesome. Well, the second one that I wanted to share today is that I wanted to share that Google has released new creation tools inside of Google Earth. So I love all of Google's geo products, huge fan of them. But I'm not going to lie that over the past couple of years, it's got, gotten a little bit confusing as to how to direct your teachers and your students, which geo tool is best. Should I use my map? Should I use Tor Builder? Should I use Tor Creator? Um, and I think that Google's starting to try and bring all those tools into a really easy to use format inside of Google Earth. So inside of Google Earth, on the left-hand side on your, on your tools, you now have a tool called Projects. And inside of Projects, you can put your own place marks, you can do lines and shapes, you can put your text, you can put images um, and video to those locations. So it's really giving you kind of a storytelling tool that's built directly into Google Earth. And then once you finish telling your story, um, you can share it with others by simply clicking present. And then your audience will be able to fly from place to place in your project so that they can see um, 
it, you know, where you're taking your audience. So really good for lit trips if you want your students to go through the setting of a book or good for historical, recounting historical events as well. Um, but I just really like that it's built all inside of Google Earth. Awesome. That's a great one, Sam. I know I've been hearing for a while all the folks who are in the know talking about all these updates coming to Google Earth. Oh, I can't talk about it. I'm under NDA. I saw about it, but I can't talk about it. So I'm excited that these are starting to come out now. And we're going to kind of swing right along, and we're going to move up into the 11th day of Techness. And I am going to talk on the 11th day of Technus about um, something that's built into all of our phones. Uh, my iPhone, along with Jonathan's Pixel, is a tool called Markup. So sometimes we'll have our students snap a picture, and then to go along with that picture, we want our students to explain what was going on or demonstrate what they know about that picture. So once we jump into our Photos app, you should hit that little, there should be an edit button and three dots, and you can open up a tool card called Markup, which will allow us to annotate on that picture. It can be as simple as highlighting, drawing, whatever we want to do, and we can save that picture, submit it through something like Google Classroom or Seesaw to, again, take a picture and give our students an opportunity to show what they know. I think the, you know, the camera app is absolutely the most powerful app on all of our devices, and we really can um, use that app to give our kids a chance to demonstrate learning and explain their learning as well. Anyone else, do you guys utilize Markup or talk about that with your teachers at all? <laughs> we use Markup quite a bit with our iPads and our students. Um, just a a great way to be able to for our students to show their learning in the classroom they can easily represent something take a picture of it and then use the markup tools to kind of describe their thinking or point things out a little bit yeah we use these quite a bit as well it's um it's kind of i don't know it, it reminiscent of snapchat a little bit how you can kind of take a photo or um take a picture of something you're working on or something you've seen and just add a brief note or like you know write a little comment kind of as a part of the picture just to get your point across about maybe something you understand a question you have something interesting kind of speaking about um uh with uh annotating text earlier this kind of goes along with that too because you can also you know take pictures of text of and use markup to highlight and circle and things like that so i do think apps like this are very useful and yeah we definitely have students who we encourage to use their uh, devices in that way and I just want to throw one more thing out. You know, a lot of times when we talk about ed tech, you know, teachers will feel like, hey, I need to know the new thing. I need to know the next thing. I need to know the great thing so I can be one step ahead of the game. A resource, you know, something like Markup is one of those things that sometimes we overlook because, well, it's just there. It's just built into my iPhone or it's just built into Jonathan and Josh's Pixel phone. So I, I'm not even going to worry about that. I need something new and great. But these kind of infrastructure level built into our device tools are so incredibly powerful and they can do so much for us just in the realm of getting our kids to explain and show what they know. And now we are going to head into our 12th and final day of Technus with a guest contribution from Laura Steinbrink. everyone this is Laura Steinbrink from the Plato R5 school district I work with uh, tech and teachers there as well as teaching 
doing the website and director of communications. So let me talk to you today about Seesaw. If you're a Chromebook user, regardless of what age your students are, I teach high school, then Seesaw is a beautiful hack to getting great video and audio that you can download and integrate immediately with other Google tools. The video files downloaded by Seesaw are an MP4. My school district is one-to-one Chromebook with grades 3 through 12, and we have... um, for the most part, HP Chromebooks. And recently I had students do a project and those that didn't want to use their cell phone cameras were using the Chromebook. But when they use the Chromebook camera directly, it downloads the video or saves the video as a WebM file, which does not go into Google Drive or, excuse me, Google Slides effectively because it has to be an mp4 or uploaded to youtube and we did not want to put these videos on youtube even if kept private my high school students did not want to do that so one of them accidentally had recorded it with seesaw because she thought the assignment was in seesaw i tricked her it was actually in google classroom i am that teacher i use both platforms and we go back and forth But she just had it in the general stream, so it was not actually attached to an assignment, and she could go to her, go to the video where she had recorded it, and click on those three dots. Normally, I would call it a french fry because they are um, aligned vertically, but these in Seesaw are horizontal. When you click on those three dots, you can save the video. Click that save option and wait a few seconds for your download to begin. That download will be an MP4. And so I thought, well, if it works with video, why wouldn't it work with audio? And it does. Students can record audio right there in Seesaw and then download in the same way. They can go to the three dots and click save and then they are good to go. It's an MP3. So it's a very easy way for students to make audio files and video files all with that one platform. Thanks for letting me share my tips, Josh. If you all want to follow me, I am at Steinbrink Laura on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Laura Ingalls Steinbrink, and um, Voxers at Steinbrink Laura. I try to streamline everything. I also have a Giphy channel. (laughs) It's at Steinbrink Laura as well. Have a great day. Well, there you have it, guys. This is the 12 Days of Techness from the EdTech Pod Squad. We kind of rapid-fired through these. Um, you can, why don't you connect with us on Twitter, at EdTechPodSquad, and let us know which one of these resources you use the most and maybe what we missed and what we should add to our list. That's at EdTechPodSquad, EdTechPodSquad.com. We're going to run around the room one more time um, to say goodbye and wish everyone a happy holiday season. All right. Well, I'm Erin Lawson from the Orchard Farm School District. And again, you can follow me on Twitter at Erin underscore Lawson 3. Happy holidays, everyone. And I'm Samantha Hardesty Knoll. I'm an instructional tech coach in the Wentzville School District. You can reach me at Tech Knoll. Have a happy holiday, everybody.
Hey, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy uh, whatever holiday you are celebrating this year. I uh, hope you have a wonderful one. This has been Josh Howard uh, from the Fulton Public School District. You can catch up with me at Josh C. Howard. And my name is Jonathan Lee. You can connect with me on Twitter at percent. Hope everyone has a great break with family and friends. See you on, see you in 2020. And I am JP Presveno. Connect with me on social media at JP Prez and at jpprez.com. Since no one else said it, I will wish a very happy Festivus for the rest of this. Uh, I got a lot of problems with you guys. You're going to hear about it. <laughs> See you guys later. We'll Beat talk to everyone in 2020. This has been another episode of the EdTech Pod Squad. We'll see you next month for more sharing and reflecting with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty-Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and me, J.P. Presidente.